Welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. If you're new here, my name is C.J. Reynolds and I run this YouTube channel called Real Rap with Reynolds. And the whole reason behind this is because we are trying to create a community that helps one another be the teachers that we always dreamed of being. And to do that, I think some of the times is like confronting some of the things you're nervous about this week. Like it's, it's Sunday. This is, this is the most nerve wracking week of the, of the whole week. Oh, not, no, nerve wracking day of the whole week. Um, because it's, uh, it's terrifying to think that you have to go back to school tomorrow sometimes, especially like I'm teaching hundred percent virtual right now. And it is not, it's not my, it's not my jam. It's not what I'm good at. I'm trying to figure it out, but it's like kind of, you know, I'm, I'm like, today I'm like trying not to be um, consumed by what tomorrow holds. But uh, that's why we show up. So when you show up here, it's every Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you put your question in the side. And we're going to try something. We're going to try my experiment. I'm going to just see how it goes. What experiment? With the questions. You'll hear me no, say I don't want to do it. You don't want to do it? But I, you, clearly you're going to do it anyway. Go ahead. Well... You know. Go for it. You already said it. I mean, the. okay. Now I'm confused. We'll, we'll do it, and we'll see how it goes. Mm -hmm. And if it's a train wreck, we won't do it again. Mm -hmm. um, all you have to do is leave your question in the in the sidebar there in the, in the chat uh, with a cue first or a question or the word question before. It just helps us identify it. And then what happens is my helper in Texas, Evie, takes your question, puts it in the Google Doc. Then the Wife for Life brings it up on this thing. It's like a little teleprompter for me. We're bougie. We're getting pretty bougie back here, even though you're on my grandmom's old TV tray. I was say, we are not bougie. And we have a leaky ceiling, and we're in the laundry room right now. But other than that, it looks bougie with what's like in frame. Maybe. That's it. And we got the Ron Proctor uh, cigar box guitar back here. So um, here's here's uh, if if this isn't enough for you, I want to just look. It is a stressful year for everyone. If this is not enough, I'm going to go ahead and recommend my own book which is that book right there. Teacher class often get it right on Amazon um, or Barnes and Noble. You can also get it on Target's website, which is not making me assume you can get it on Walmart's website too, but I don't really know if, if you shop there. So the other thing is um, we do mentoring too. So I do mentoring calls with folks. You can go right to our website, realrapwithreynolds.com uh, and sign up for mentoring sessions. You can sign up for one, you can sign up for many, it's up to you. Um, but I really try and pack as much value into those as I possibly can. And anything else? Oh, the Facebook group. Oh, let's talk about the Facebook group in a little bit, though, because um, I'm going to I'm going to get to that. And I want to tell you about something cool I'm going to try and do this week that someone anyone that's in asked, the Facebook group. Someone already asked. They were like, hey, is that still happening? Yeah, it's 100 percent happening, but I'll get to it um, in a bit. I want to try something new this week. There, I get a lot of messages from folks that say that um, they can't get to the live feed like in the beginning and then their question never gets answered. So what I want to try and do is this. For the first 30 minutes, I'm going to take all the questions in order. That's what we typically do. After that, um, I didn't even tell Edie this, but e is Edie on there? Uh, not yet. Okay, so we'll let Edie know that um, Edie, pick random questions or questions that you don't think we get asked very often. So we can try and get to a few things um, that might be good for folks. So for like the first, first 30 minutes, I'll try and rock through the questions in order. And then I just thought we'd try this experiment and see if that works better. If someone has a better idea than that, then just let me know. Cause I'm just really just making this up as I go. She's here now. Um, did she get that? I assume so. 
Um, first question. Yep. Tammy is asking uh, Reynolds, best advice, first of all, Tammy, um, best advice you learned from week one of teaching online? All right, so. That's a great question. That is a great question. So I went back. I know many of you have been back for like a month. And in Philly, I'm not exactly sure why, but we didn't go back till like just this week. Like last Monday was my first day back. And we had two weeks of PD. And we don't have to get into how PD was, but like um, it was PD people. Um, I didn't have my Schoology login or my Zoom login for like, we got like the ultimate Zoom package. And like, I didn't get either one of those until like, I think it was like Friday night and then we went back to school on Monday. So I didn't know how to use any of that stuff. I know how to use Zoom, but not like breakout rooms and muting everyone and seeing participants and all this. It just feels like there's a lot of stuff, right? It feels like if anyone's ever seen Minority Report where they have like all these different documents open in this kind of virtual reality thing. I think swipe them around, except mine are all on this computer. A lot of people at my school are learning, are doing on just like their regular, like this, I was looking for, see if mine was around, like a Dell laptop. Um, and it's, so my first bit of advice is you need two screens. Like, and so I told the school that, I went to a meeting and told them that like the school needs to help teachers get like multiple screens because you can't have everything open with PowerSchool open and SchoolG open and whatever I'm going to share on my screen open and the zoom thing, because when I'm sharing my screen, I can only see like many of, you know, myself and three other people, those other kids could be doing it. They could be riding a horse. I have no idea what they're doing on there. So it's, that's kind of been an issue that I'm trying to figure out. The other thing is, um, I'm really reminding myself that nerves and excitement feel very similar. So I thought the morning of that, I was really nervous. And then I thought, no, I'm just like excited to get started to see how this is going to go. So that, that was another thing. It's just reminding myself that another thing I thought of this week, um, is that I, so we have 80 minute blocks. So we see our students twice a week. So I'll have like my period one is on Mondays and Thursdays for 80 minutes. There's no reason I need 80 minutes to stay on camera. So what I'm doing so far is like, come on, you have to have your, um, you have to have your camera on so I can just check in on you, see that you're actually there. I run through the beginning part of the lesson. Everyone's camera's on. Everyone's muted. Um, usually first five minutes, I just like, I'm just talking to kids as everyone's kind of getting logged in. Maybe that goes a little bit over five minutes. Just like, have you been playing this video game? What are you doing? You know, what do you, what do you like? Sometimes I tease kids about their backgrounds. If they're just like something that's like, not anything that someone would be embarrassed about, but like, um, one kid had a lot of snacks. He was in his kitchen and I was like, bro, and it was, I'm like, bro, those snacks are like legit making me hungry right now. Um, another kid had a clock that was, I guess the battery had died. So it was stuck and it said like six o'clock. And I was like, yo, where are you? Where are you like zooming in from? And he said, what are you talking about? My house. And I'm like, no man, wherever you are, it's six o'clock. It's only nine o'clock in the morning here. So I don't know where you are, but this is kind of blowing my mind, man. Like, are you in like, I don't know, Spain or something. So it was like a lot of dumb jokes too. And then we only work. So I'll give them the direct thing that needs to be done. And then I say, look, I need this back in like 20 minutes. So you can turn your camera off for the next 20 minutes and then don't, but don't mute me. Like you can turn me down if you want, because I'm going to be on here to help kids. 
So then students can come on and they can get help from me if they want, but if they know what they're doing, then they're done. If at the end of that 20 minutes, I call everyone back, I give them the next thing they're going to do. If they, if I can check that they've opened it. So if I can see on Schoology or if I can see on Google, um, that they've accessed the document, all they have to do is tell me, got it in the chat. And then I let them leave. So if that's only 40 or 50 or 60 minutes in the class, you're done. Like you can go do that work by yourself. I stay on the zoom call for the whole 80 minutes in case they need to come back, which a lot of kids do. But I found my sense is that students are more apt to ask questions when it's not in front of the entire class. Some of my classes have like 32 students in a zoom class and that's a ton. So it's like, here's what you need. If you need help, I'll be here, but you can, you don't have to stay on with me to do it. I'm going to trust that you're doing it. And then I just have to put that trust out there to see who needs it. Um, and then if students, because not everyone needs the whole class to finish the work. And he, here's my rationale before behind this, before I jump into the next question, it, it really calls in the question, like why, like why there's set amounts of time for us to actually teach or for students to learn. I know a number of teachers that I work with are keeping kids right till the very last minute, even if they don't have anything to do, even if they're done, they make them stay on to just comply with the rules. But I'm thinking like, if I was in a race, right? Like if I was actually like in a marathon, the person that crosses the finish line first doesn't have to keep running until the last person crosses the finish line, right? That would be ridiculous. You cross the finish line in four hours. Congratulations. You don't have to run for two more hours because, you know, uh, Tom is all the way in the back and he's, and he's dragging ass and he doesn't run as fast as you do. Like that's ridiculous. So I look at work the same way. However long this takes you to get done, it takes you to get done. If you need extra help from me, I'm here. If you don't need extra help from me and you think that you've got this, then great. If you don't do well, if you don't do the work, if you log off and you don't really do anything, I can't, I can't control that. I can't see what you're doing anyway. Even when kids are on camera, I don't know if they're typing. I don't know if they're playing Fall Guys on their computer. I don't know if they're playing Among Us. I don't know if they're watching YouTube videos and pretending. I can't see your screen. So uh, as my mom always told me when I was growing up, I told my students, I trust you until you give me a reason not to trust you. So that's that. That's where we're at right now. What do you got, dude? I'll do some, these a little quicker um, this time. That was um, pretty much combined, so you can see. Okay. So Deanna, that was your question. Was kind of uh, combined in that. Um, Josephine, that's great. That's oh, great. Man. Here. Uh, okay. Uh, hey Reynolds, and there you are. Not so secret. There I am. Uh, I've Hi. been watching your show for teaching credential program. Fantastic. Um, my question is that, wait, wait, I'm sorry. She's my question for you is, oh, it's reading on the bottom, but it's tiny for you is what is your pedagogy in teaching? Uh, two, have you had to retake, I have to retake my California basic skills. So my, um, I am certified, uh, in English and ELA essentially for, uh, secondary ed, which is sixth grade to 12th grade in, in the U S. Um, did someone just come in the house? It's just mom. All right. Uh, I have to retake my California basic education test for writing. Any tips? Um, the, Josephine, I'm going to tell you that the Facebook's a really good place. The Facebook group is a really good place to ask that question. Um, I failed my first time, but it's just cause I wasn't ready. And because I was, I've said this a million times, but I was getting ready to go surfing in Puerto Rico for the next two weeks. And so, um, I, I was a little, I was a little distracted and it was like January, February and it was freezing out. Um, <laughs> But if you, if you go into our Facebook group, Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk, and a ask that question, I guarantee you, you'll even get people from California 
that'll give you actual tips about, about how to take that test in your state. Um, and three, how do you feel about teachers sending progress reports home to parents to sign? Um, I, I think it's a good idea, and, and but it depends, right? I like incentivizing things. I think that uh, we, we, as educators, we, you know, of course we want students to do things because of in, the intrinsic reward, but, you know, we're lying to ourselves if we if we think that we don't do things for extrinsic, extrinsic rewards. Like, I do things all the time because I'm going to get something at the end. Um, Nobody exercises because it's fun. No, no. But <laughs> or it's, maybe Lisa Tobin. She's on here. Uh, Lisa Tobin, yeah. Lisa loves it. But, but it's also like, you I know, wish I was that we do certain jobs for money. Like, there's, there's extrinsic rewards. Like, I buy my kids stuff because I want to make them happy. And sometimes, you know... It's just the easiest way to do it. Um, so anyway, that being said, I think that um, one of the things I've done, and I don't know if this is, I don't know if it's on the website. Is the, is the uh, weekly reflection thing on the website? I'm not sure. If it's not, if you go to realwrapwithreynolds.com and you go to resources, the, of the few resources I have on there, there might be a weekly reflection sheet. If it is not on there, simply email me at realwrapwithreynolds at gmail.com and I will send it to you. Uh, but this is what I do with this. It is a way to keep kids, um, I don't, not even accountable. I'm really, really interested in students becoming, um, how do we want to say it? Uh, advocating for themselves, right? So, but I don't think students, and, I, and I'm really also fascinated in students reflecting. Um, I do a lot of reflection in my life. I do it quarterly throughout the year and look at like, did I meet goals? Did I do this? I, I like reflect every morning and I have an app on my phone where like I weigh myself every single morning to just because you know five pounds after after 30 I feel like five pounds just adds on like overnight um because you had like an extra beer and a Cheeto or something like that um but like I track that stuff I track my exercise every day I track um how much water I drink every day what supplements I take every day whether I take probiotics or not like I track all this stuff and I like for students to be able to do that too because it holds you accountable and then when you can see that you're not measuring up, it allows you to advocate for yourself in a way that is like not, you weren't surprised. Like when progress reports came out, you weren't surprised that you had an F when you thought you had an 80 um, because you're keeping up on this stuff. So the weekly tracker is very simple. You write down your current grade in class, right? So for us, you have to go into power school. You can see your current grade. You write down any assignments you missed this week. You also account for things like what did I like in class this week? What did I not like in class this week? Or could we have done better? And, um, you, and then if you're, if you're not passing the class right now, if you have an F, you have to get that signed by a parent and then bring it back on Monday. If you, you're, so everyone's doing it, but kids that are passing don't have to get it signed by a parent. So that, I just think that that's a good move. And, and now it's a little bit weird to get things signed because it, you know, we're on online. Um, so I'm not really sure how to get around that at the moment, but that's, that's what I do for, for just keeping track and helping kids keep track of their lives as well. So um, to self, we need to put that on our website that weekly. Program. Yeah, we'll talk to John. Um, Maisie is asking, how do you manage teaching virtual stress? Uh, so I, I'm Just guessing like stressful. stressing out from teaching virtually. I look, I'm still figuring that out. Here's what I know from my first week. One, um, I have a really hard time staying on track in my life. Like I do, I work fast and furious, right? And I think part of that is because like, I don't like staying on one thing for too long. 
I also don't like sitting around. I have way too much energy and there's way too many things I want to get my life to be slow about anything. Like we went out the other night, we were looking for couches and uh, I found our couch in the first, I don't know, 60 no, seconds. I found our couch a long time ago, but it's that Crete and Barrel and they're just, you know. All right, fair places. enough. But like I will do things like in an instant, um, whereas my wife is she just like takes her time like she doesn't find the urgency in it and, and I think there's reasons for that in my life I don't think I'm it's just my natural disposition but like um you know anyway uh I move quickly I also find that if I don't move quickly then I can like see a thing and I'm like oh what's that oh what's that article that just popped up oh look at that email oh look at that oh I forgot that I wanted to get this for the house like let me go check it out real quick so I have to stay on task and one of the ways I stay on task is I only give myself so much time to work. So I've been waking up um, a little bit later this year. I've been getting, I got up at six last week, six, maybe 6.30. Um, I get completely ready for the day. I come downstairs and I read and meditate and pray and all that stuff I'm always talking about. Um, and then I have coffee for about 30 to 40 minutes with my wife where we just kind of talk about the day, talk about life, talk about whatever I read that morning. Um, we always do that in the garden unless it's raining. So I have like a little garden behind my house. And, and, and so this is why I'm talking about that. Planning in like those kind of beautiful moments into my day where I really like praying. I really like meditating. It's not something that's hard for me to do. And it's not something that's a pain in the ass. I've been doing it for a long time. Um, and I know the energy that comes out of it. So I know that it's good for me. Um, I usually exercise every day, but I had a tooth pulled and now it's like every anytime like my heart raises too fast like or if I bend over so like if I'm cycling like it just hurts or like the bouncing of running hurts my face so I haven't been doing that in the last couple weeks but um the other thing is since I'm virtual I have about 40 minutes for lunch um I've just been trying to not work through that time so I'll go in the garden and I'll water flowers I'll take the dog to the park and throw the frisbee real quick shouldn't have said that out loud because he's going to, he yeah, hears yeah, you yeah. say the words and then he gets all stoked. Um, I'll just go like watch a video game with my kids or watch a video with my kids on YouTube or something like that real quick. But what I'm doing is like, and, and as often as possible, I try and do something outside, right? So just walking away from this area, walking out the back door, walking around for a little bit has been really, really great. And then I give my time limit at the end of the day too. Here's the number one thing I think you should be doing though. To mitigate stress during virtual learning and during all the stuff that we're going through right now, you have to find out what you like doing, like actually write it down. Like I like eating crab legs. I like drinking wine. I like walking my dog. I like this friend. And then don't hang with the friends that aren't fun, that aren't great, that aren't bringing something to your life, that aren't filling you up. You are the average. Of the five people you spend the most time with, don't hang out, out with downers right now. It is not the time in your life to be doing this. Um, if you like, uh, I've been thinking about like, I'm tired of doing puzzles, but I thought like maybe I could get like a, like a big Lego kit with my kids. Um, today we decorated the, the porch uh, and went looking for pumpkins and stuff like that this morning. Like it's building in that stuff that's going to fill you up so that when you show up on Monday, you weren't just barraged with school stuff. The school stuff's never going to end. I get 101 emails every day. And then folks are like, yo, you didn't answer my email. Bro, I don't even literally have the time to do that. So 
I am filling up my own bucket before I try and put anything into anybody else's bucket. And that has been the biggest relief this week. Um, what do you got? G Marie, uh, is there still a Zoom meetup ha happening on Tuesday? Yes. So let, let's talk about this real quick. I thought it would be fun because um, look, we're all in this together, right? And the people that are on here are typically the people that are in the Facebook group and they're the people that like, you know, bought the book. And, and, and so um, I feel like there's this communal thing, but like, wouldn't it be awesome if we could just hang out, right? Like, like not everyone has cool people at their school that they want to hang out with or, or, you know, maybe the most of your friends are quarantined or whatever. So we're going to do Tuesday night happy hour because um, I felt like Tuesday would work better than like a, a Friday. And if you don't drink, just be happy for an hour, right? Like you don't have to, you don't have to, drink some tea. you don't have to get sauced. Like you can bring some lemonade or something like that or some like, uh, you know, pumpkin spice latte. Um, Ooh, yes. That's, that, that's all that's on Instagram <laughs> right now, right? Is everyone's pumpkin spice latte. Uh, so Tuesday night on Zoom, uh, I'm going to send out a link uh, by the end of today. We're going to do, I'm going to send out two of them. I'm going to tell you why. So um, if you're in our Facebook group, that's where the link is getting sent out from. So you have to be part of Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk on Facebook. Um, if you're not, if you don't have a Facebook because of some, like you don't believe in it or you want to stay away from social, just email me um, and I'll make sure that you get it. But the link will be in Facebook. And if you have Facebook, please get the link through there because if I get 50 emails, I want to just make sure that I can get back to everyone. Um, so you are, you're sending that out. Uh, so I'll send that out and I'm going to do two because Zoom for the free account, right? Because I can't use my school one. For the free account, you're only allowed to do 40 minute calls. So I figured like if we did an hour, we could do an hour, uh, 30 minutes and then end it. And then the other Zoom link will be there and you can go back in for another 30 minutes. So I think the way that it's going to look is because a hundred people, and it's only for like the first hundred people that get in, right? Because that's all that Zoom will allow also. But if we do it, um, I thought it would be rad to do like, like just as an experiment, see how this goes. If you have advice afterwards, I'd love to hear it. But um, breakout rooms for like 15 minutes um, each. So you would like Maybe meet like someone new. Maybe like on here you're you want to get down like you've wanted to talk to Chris Carson because you talk to him in the comments all the time or like you're like who is Tracy Pinter and why does she have a wrench next to her name on on YouTube all the time and like um and like so to be able to meet some of the kind of behind the scenes folks that you've only met virtually I thought this would be a really great idea. So that's gonna be on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Um, I will put the Zoom link or the invitation in the Facebook group. It's the first hundred people, but we're going to do it 30 minutes and then I'll end it and we'll do 30 minutes more. So like if, uh, if you didn't get in the first one, hopefully you have a chance to get in the second one and then we'll, we'll figure it out from there. Um, but I think it's going to be awesome. I put it out on Facebook and I got like a really, really good response to it. So I think it'll be rad and it'll be fun. Like what if you saw a little, little space freckles and then, and then you have to go on and you can't just say your real name either. You have to be like, Oh, it's me. It's uh little space freckles because I don't. I know, you know. right? There's, it's, I can't remember one name for people, no. let alone two. It's like even <laughs> when I go to like, um, when I go to like conferences and stuff like that, like I call people by like their screen name or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, it's because you don't know what their real name is all the time. Um, <laughs> Except for uh, Mr. James Pete, I think we got that one. No, but then you have to just call Mr. James Pete all the time. <laughs> you can't just be like, "Yo, James, what's up?" No. Uh, <laughs> Little Space is asking advice on how I can flip my classroom for 10th grade ELA. 
I'm two weeks in going on three and I'm tired of just lecturing via Zoom. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And so here's, here's the rad part about that. I think um, the way that I would do that is I wouldn't even, so typically flipped classrooms are you give students something to watch like at home, like that's their homework is watching the lecture and then they show up having watched it and prepared to, to get into it. I would, at the time that class starts, um, think about like starting class, you're all there together, you can take attendance, um, you can field any questions that anyone has and like check in on kids and stuff like that. That lasts five or 10 minutes, right? Or maybe there's like, while they're doing that, they could be doing a journal entry or, or something along those lines. Then creating a video that you put into Google Classroom, Schoology, whatever platform your school's using, um, and have like your lectures in there. So the beauty of that is this, and, and I'm gonna relate this uh, to church. And even if you're not a church person, you can still get down with this. We watch church live on Sundays now, right? Like our church uh, broadcasts on YouTube. The thing I don't like about it, and it's no different than live, I can't pause it. So like, there, like if, if the pastor says something and I'm like, damn, oh man, that was good. I need to write that down because I just write notes all the time. I have legal pads all over my house. If I'm writing down a note that I, something that I liked, sometimes I miss the next thing because I can't multitask. It is not a skill that I possess. And so... I try to focus, but then I sometimes miss the next thing. I think lecturing for students could be the same way. That if you had a 10 minute lecture, a 10 minute talk about something to, to record that. And I'm even, I'm giving myself ideas right now. I'm just getting stoked about this because I had to do this the other day and I didn't like the way that it came out. You can do slides over top of it. You can do like slide pop-ins over top of it where like the slide just pops up here but the kids can go at their own pace. If they missed something that you said, they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, what'd you just say? Because my ADD sometimes, like, it, I'll hear someone say something, so I might hear my pastor say something, and then I start thinking about it, and then, you know, you get, you know, you see this in kids in class all the time, where, like, you ask them a question, you're like, yo, are you paying attention? It's like, yeah, it's actually, like, the thing you said three minutes ago was so profound, like, I'm just thinking about that, sent me off on a, on a, you know, thought exploration. Uh, and into uncharted territory. And so having that done, I think is a really great idea. And then having the assignment. But when you do that, I think the move is always to just stay online so that while kids go off and do that, they can go do it, but then you're here. Um, I think that's actually what I'm gonna do this week. That's way better. So I had to intro my hip hop class this week and introing the hip hop class is like, it's like DJing. You are talking about something but then I have an image, I have a video, I have another video, I have another image, I wanna to talk to you about something, I'm gonna show you a record, I wanna show you the grooves in it, I wanna show you how it goes on the turntable and what the needle does and the science behind that. There's so much going on that if I could just make a really quick 10 minute video about that, that would be so much easier than me trying to talk. Then also, when you have kids that inevitably show up late, they, they know what to do, right? So like you, you know, they, they you're, you don't have to start from the beginning because that's been really aggravating this week is like you're 15 minutes in and someone couldn't get in or because I was sharing my screen I didn't see that they were in the waiting room and it was like a pain in the butt um which I need to change that this week too I need to start getting the no kids so that they can be co-hosts and like let people into the classroom and stuff so that's what I'm thinking about doing and, and I think you should do it as well because it's it's a, just a great idea thank you for that um John yeah. Okay. 
I'm not supposed to read that? Yeah, I, okay. I don't know. Uh, John Clocky, who phonetically spelled his name for me. Let me tell you something, John. I can't say people's names most of the time. I think I am, I am an undiagnosed dyslexic and vowels just throw me off. So the fact that you would take a minute and do that, I really appreciate it so much. Um, and if and I hope I just said it right, because since you do that. Uh, hi, Reynolds, how are you doing? How do you talk to students who don't think high school or college are important? Uh, are important Students who just want to get a job anywhere. John, let's talk about this. I'm, I like this question. All right, I just had to raise my seat up so we could, that's how much business this is right now. Um, I, just, I like this new shirt I got too. This boom box Someone already said it like um, that. It's cool. Um, so I love this question because John, I was that kid in high school that didn't see any value at all in high school. I went to high school because I liked my friends and I'm a social person. And so it's like, if there, if I show up somewhere and there's a group, I just infiltrate. Um, there, that's just how, how I get down. I didn't see any value in college either because it felt like learning a whole bunch of crap that I didn't really care about to get a degree in something that I cared about. So like, even to get my English degree, I remember having to take like Spanish and like when I knew I wasn't gonna like speak Spanish, like now I wish I knew Spanish, but I would have to take stuff like, I, I don't know, just like classes that just seemed dumb, um, like sociology. Like what the hell do I have to take sociology for? Now, you know, in retrospect, it is something that interests me. I think the reason that I never took that stuff seriously was, was a couple of reasons. One, um, I didn't really know what to do with my life. I didn't know what I was going to be. I didn't know, like I, I had a sense. Um, but the things that I wanted to do were never like championed by anyone that I knew. Right. So except for being a carpenter, right. Cause my whole family is like, they're all carpenters and construction workers and roofers and, um, oil workers and stuff like that. So blue collar stuff was understood by my family and championed by my family, but telling my family that I wanted to be a drummer, um, with the exception of my mom. Um, who, especially right before she passed away, was like, no, if that's what you want to do, 100% go do it. Um, but I didn't have a path for that, right? Like, I didn't even know how to work hard at that at the time. Like, the internet wasn't a thing, and, 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 and so that, that was difficult. I also seriously wanted to be a clown. Like, this was an actual occupation that I wanted to have. And the reason for that was, um, I don't know if anyone's ever seen the movie Patch Adams, but uh, the real Patch Adams is, is quite a bit different than the movie. And he travels the world with with clowns and they go to like war torn countries and and um and countries that like like when we were when we lived in zambia for a little while in south central africa all the children like just slept in cribs all day the parents slept in a crib with them there was no tv there was nothing to do you just laid there in a giant room filled with cribs and were sick and it sucked and so we would show up there and blow bubbles make uh, you know, they would make balloon animals and play music, um, do, do silly stuff, like, like just have fun and bring a little bit of joy to the moment. And that's what I, I thought I wanted to do too. And that, I mean, go ahead and tell your family you want to be a clown, bro. They don't even laugh at you. They're just like, it kind of gets like, Oh, wait. tell your girlfriend of like nine years that you want to be a clown. I was like, uh, you really were tested. <laughs> you were really tested. Was it was really like, tested. you were just like, okay. Then I thought I wanted to be a priest for a while. That one and really I, threw me. That through. was really difficult. So I like spent a little bit of time in a, in a monastery in Kentucky. And so, um, you know, 
I, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And I think that that's a lot of kids. You know, this idea that we put on students that when you're 14, 15, 16 years old, like, or even younger than that, we always ask kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do when you grow up? As if they need to know what their job is when they haven't even been anywhere, done anything, tried anything. I only became a teacher because I tried to be all those other things because those were actually interesting to me. And then teaching turns out is like a little bit of all that, right? It's a little bit of, you're kind of on stage every day. Um, it is work for me. It was working with folks on the margins, people that thought they were invisible and letting them know that they were visible. It was using my ability to be a jackass, to be a clown, to be, to, to have that sense of going in somewhere and trying to make someone smile or feel better about themselves or, um, or just, you know, being a disruption in a day that is, that is so boring. Right. So talk, speaking of Lisa Tobin, if you don't follow Lisa Tobin on Instagram, you should, sorry, while it was bothering me. Um, she, I love that Lisa Tobin posted the other day that she had to wash dishes and she didn't want to wash dishes. So she did it with roller skates on, or she, I think she was doing housework with roller skates on. Maybe I should do that. It, that would be hilarious. Our, our house doesn't really, can't really, it's not really navigable. Why? Marley's skateboards back and forth. Marley skateboards. House. Marley doesn't go anywhere in our house unless she skateboards back and forth. So the skateboard is like all, almost kills you every day. Um, so I think that's, that's one thing to just be mindful of. The second thing is kids that want to just have any job that I'm not okay with. So when a kid says to me that like last year, everybody wanted to be a truck driver for some reason. Right. Um, and they were like, well, truck drivers make 40 grand a year and I can start in six months and then I'll be making 40 G's. And I'm like, yeah, but is that what you want to do? Like, I don't know what the cap is on a truck driver life, but one of the things I found that has worked the best in the last few years is something that I do myself. I, on a very high level, very detailed level, have reverse engineered my whole life. So you can't really see these pictures over here, but on these pictures, I have pictures of like my outdoor shower. That Some of them are just material, right? The outdoor shower that I wanna have, the chicken coop that I wanna have, the house that I wanna have, the places that I wanna speak, the trips I wanna take my children on, the camper that I wanna own, the sauna that I wanna own in my backyard. Um, <clears throat> the place of Bali where I want to go surfing and, and, and all this stuff, right? It is, it is utterly mapped out like to a T the truck that I want to own. And then there are other things like, like a level of peace that I want to have in my heart, um, with, with certain people and certain things and certain events that have happened in my life. Like there's, there's that level of stuff too. I think getting kids to map out their life. So if someone, if I had to map this life out, I know to the dollar as best I can, what that costs per year, per month, per week to get that. Most students don't. If you ask students what they want, they, they will say, I want to own a business. I want to uh, be a rapper. I want to be a ball player. I want to, uh, I want to be a truck driver. Okay. Well, but like, what do you want in your life, bro? Like, do you want to live with your mom? Are you trying to live like on a farm? Do you want a mansion? Do you want an apartment? Do you want a condo? Do you want your own house? Where do you want that house? Do you want it in the country? Do you want it in a suburb? Do you want it in development? Do you want it in the city? And then <clears throat> what kind of car do you drive? Uh, you Are you going to drive like rock a Prius or an old Toyota Corolla? That's four different colors because it's from 1987. Do you want to own, you know, like a pickup truck? Like what is it you want to own? And then with certain students, I've actually sat down and looked up the prices for all those things, bro. This is how much that life costs. You doing that thing, right? Like stocking shelves at Home Depot, not a bad job. I did it myself, right? I've had all kinds of crazy jobs. 
but like that it didn't wasn't going to get me to the place of of success that I wanted, right? It's like you're looking on the wrong map. You're sailing according to the wrong stars. You're it's like Tony Robbins says, you're running west looking for a sunrise or you're running east looking for a sunset, he would say. Um you can't do it, right? And no matter how hard you work. So <laughs> it's about helping kids not diminish their dreams, not say like, you know, if someone wants to be, uh, and because I think sometimes we, we you know, I, I know I have done this before. Um, we look at folks that like want to be a mechanic or a builder, or they want to, you know, like something that's not like, like, like doesn't take years to become like, but I mean, it takes years to become a good builder. But like, if someone was like, no, I really want to do plumbing, like, or, or like HVAC. Um, it's about saying, all right, cool. But Let's figure out your life too. Like what's that actually going to look like and make sure these two things match up because if they don't, then we have a bigger conversation. School is for those students, a game. It's not about learning. It's about getting, checking the boxes off, getting through the thing and building to your dream. Not everything you do has to be like, is, is just about learning. School's not just about learning for some kids. It's simply a game to move the pieces in the right places so that you can get the dream that you want to get. The end. Um, long answer, short question. Uh, Laura is asking, hi Reynolds, hi Laura. Um, hope you're well and safe. I am, we are well and we are safe and, uh, and happy. Um, I'm teaching in person five days a week. How do I best deal with the varying levels of panic of my colleagues when it comes to Corona? That's a really great question. Um, You all right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, gosh. I, Laura, I, I think the, the only answer I can, I, that really comes to mind for that is that we can't, we can't do anything about how other people are, are going to feel about any particular thing, right? Like we have no control over that. But, um, I have a quote on my whiteboard back here that I heard Oprah say, but it's, it is, it's not her that came up with it. That says something to the effect of, um, you're responsible for the energy you bring into the room or please be responsible with the energy you bring into the room. And why I love that is that no matter what meeting I'm at, no matter what's going on, no matter what party I'm at, no matter what family gathering I'm at, um, I have to be mindful of the energy that I'm bringing. Am I being upset? Am I being angry? Am I being nervous, anxious, upset, uh, leery. Um, and if I am, I want to be conscious that I'm doing that. Sometimes I go to a meeting and I'm pissed, right? We all have meetings at school that I think are dumb or something stupid happened or I'm aggravated about something, but I know I'm walking in here with purpose with, and that's what's fueling me right now. Sometimes it's gratitude. Sometimes it's patience. And we're going to just see like, all right, maybe we don't like what, you know, what the, the admin said or what another teacher said, but let's have that conversation. Let's, let's, I'm not gonna, I'm not upset right now. Let's have this conversation and see where this is going. I think that's the only thing that you can do. Um, and then, you know, I, when I know things are really stressful at school, I like to do like seemingly weird stuff to people because I think that it, what it does is it shifts the energy in the school. And I'm not trying to be too woo woo with that, but like, you know, in other words, uh, I think, I think it's like this. I think Friday nights, um, after you've taught all week, 
you need to do something. You can't just go home and go about your business and, and you know, the dishes have to be done and the floor has to be vacuumed and you have to get things ready for soccer tomorrow and all this stuff. You need to do something that's going to lift your, literally shift your mindset to feeling better. And I think that one of the things that does that is laughter or, or spontaneous acts of, of kindness or love. So it's like, Maybe um, we bought like a whole bunch of these little tiny pumpkins one year. They were like this big and my kids who were really small at the time and couldn't really paint very well, painted pumpkins or painted faces on them. And then I just took them to different teachers' rooms and left them on their desk. And that was like a gift. My dog is moving my whole setup here. Um, uh, that was just something that we did. Or other times my kids would go like when they were in school with me. And these are like, this isn't to say your kids have to be in your school right now because they're probably not even allowed. But like they would go to different teachers' rooms and leave notes for them or write or like do a little drawing like in the corner of their whiteboard and like it was just like a nice surprise i've talked about this before but there's other teachers that um i take my pictures that you know the pictures that like the school takes of you every year for the yearbook and then we get copies of them for some reason like i'm gonna put it in my house but i take them around the school and put them in other people's uh picture frames that they have like so they might have a picture of like their husband or their wife or their you know their dog and then i put my picture in there instead but um, maybe it's buying someone coffee. Maybe it's uh, surprising someone with their favorite snack. Maybe it's um, one of the things I used to love to do is with my megaphone at the end of the day, when teachers were leaving the building, so it'd be like swarms of kids leaving. I'm just standing there in the corner with my megaphone and uh, no one's paying attention to me. And like Cho would be living in the building. And I'd be like, gentlemen, can I get your attention real quick? Can we give it up for Miss Cho? And then like the whole hallway applauds her. They're all looking at her. It's hilarious. But what that does is it interrupts the daily boredom, the daily fear, the daily anxiety. And it makes you, when you're in that state, you kind of forget those things for a moment. And I think that that's what we should be focusing on is how do I stop focusing on this all the time? I can't help it. I'm so nervous. I'm so scared. It's like, oh, squirrel. Or like, oh, what the hell is someone yelling on a megaphone for? Or like, oh, what's this weird thing that happened? And I think that that's part of the reason I love doing that is because it, it is a disruption in the, in the daily events of everyone. Um, where are we at? Maddie is asking, um, in city year. Nice. Uh, that's what, uh, Laramore did city year. Oh. That's how he got to Philly. Um, oh. a nonprofit organization helping students in schools and high need communities. And I start my first day ever in the classroom tomorrow, sixth through eighth grade English. Any advice for my first day, especially making connections online? I think that Maddie, this is, this is, uh, if you go and watch my YouTube channel for, um, for, for what I do my first day, that will give you a good indication. But I'd say, because even though that's in person, I, a lot of that stuff is applicable. Now, are you going to, oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know what you were doing. Oh, I love that you're doing that. Mm -hmm. We're really doing that now. Yeah, but they won't come up for a while. Oh, because rad. They'll wait till they go on the website. Okay, cool. So, um, I'll, I'll tell you fill you all in later. Um, the, I think it's about what I did on my first day was I just noted with kids and told them like, look, I know there's a lot going on. I know that this is not optimal. I know that learning at home is really difficult for some kids and some kids hate it. And it's like, they need the structure of school that like, um, you know, I had a kid fall asleep the other day. And then when he came back on, my man had no shirt on, bro, you're out of uniform, like literally out of uniform right now. So it's, um, for me, it's, Tell, it's keeping it short and sweet. It's telling kids I'm excited to be here. It's telling kids that I want to do this job. It's telling kids about me so that they have a sense of who I am and what I'm about and what I do. I think 
just those simple acts are so wildly different than like this year we had to make an um it's like a seven or an eight page syllabus for our class right and i know that some teachers read through it like or they had the kids read through it like all right you're gonna read tom could you read the uh course objectives please okay um could uh sally could you read the uh course overview bro you just killed all the fun in the whole room right um but what you want to do is if you think i think of it in terms of a concert if the like the band's manager doesn't come out beforehand and say good evening good evening everyone this evening bruce springsteen will be playing a total of 15 songs this is the set list it will last an hour and 45 minutes and we will commence in two minutes no you have to be more dramatic than that the lights come down the band comes out you see their silhouettes on the stage you have no idea what the first song is but the first song's got to be jamming no matter who you are that first three to six minutes has to be fire and then i think the last three to six minutes should be fire as well what happens in between it's up in the air sometimes bruce springsteen plays really great songs sometimes he plays some weird crap from some older albums that like no one really freaking knew and it's just kind of like all right we're just sitting here and i don't know what's happening i'm gonna go get a beer um so i think that that's something to be mindful of because school is not exciting for some kids some kids don't like it and a lot of teachers aren't going to treat it like that on the first day so you bringing the fire i think is the way to kind of do it and that's kind of how i would roll that out annie v is asking any advice wait what Oh, I thought you were talking to me. Uh, what advice do you... Wait, why am I reading? I always read it on the bottom where it's oh, tiny. Yeah. What advice do you wish you could have gotten when you were entering your 20s? Overall life advice, you know? Your... Oh, you just moved oh, on me, sorry. dude. Your opinions, too good not to have. All right, so thank yeah. you very much. I think... So look, in my 20s... Let, let me give you a snapshot of wh where I was. Um, I'm 18, I get off high school... Um, I don't go to college right away. Instead, I get a job at a gas station, right? Because in Jersey, we don't pump our own gas because we're bouge. So, um, and I become the greatest gas station attendant that ever existed. I checked everybody's oil. I washed everybody's windows. I talked to everybody. Um, it was hilarious and really kind of fun and weird job to have. And then I went to college. I had zero direction. Um, I did college, you know, for the next two years with like taking just crap that I thought was interesting and like didn't want to conform to anything. Um, and then when I was 21, my mom got diagnosed with, uh, with terminal lung cancer, stage four cancer. And so six months later, my mom passed away. That for me shifted my life in such a drastic way because I now knew like in a way that like i know i know i know everyone dies right you know like in a hundred years everyone that's watching this will will be gone right um but i didn't like i never saw it like I, like i watched it happen like i watched the transition from here to not here like in front of my face that had such a deep impact on me and then i don't think i stopped for a break for probably the next eight years, right? Until I was 30 and my son was born. Like it was go, 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 go. Because I knew that we we weren't getting out of this alive. And so my friends would be like, dude, what are you doing? Like, I was like, I, I'm driving to California. I'm taking my van. I'm gonna go camp all the way to California. Anybody wanna go with me? No, cool. Two and a half months, gone. Yo, going to, uh, gonna drive to Florida. Gonna go to Key West, go swim with some dolphins and sharks and stuff like that. I'm afraid of sharks, gonna go do that. Um, flying airplanes, rock climbing, 
um, jumping off cliffs, like doing all kinds of stuff, um, sneaking into places, like, but because I just, I knew there was like such an urgency there. And I got to tell you, like, I'm so glad that I did it because I didn't waste any time. And I still am like that. I'm still a hundred, like, let's go, let's go, let's go. What are we doing? Why are we in the car? Where's mom? Where's mom and Marley? Why are they still doing their hair? Where's Brody? Where's the shoes? We got to get out of here. We got to get to the place and do the thing and go do something else. Sometimes that bites me in the ass because I try and fit too much into a day. But I'd say that overall, if I gave myself any advice when I was in my 20s, it is do more. And what's the worst that could happen? If you really think about the in your life, um, is what is the worst thing that could happen? You're not going to catch on fire. And so it's really funny now, like whenever we'll like go out for a drink at night or something like that, every once in a while, one of the things I think is the funniest is you'll see like these single dudes in a bar and they're all together and they're trying to get drunk enough. And you see them like eyeing up girls and my wife and I, we just laugh at this <laughs> consistently. Um, where it's like, you know they want to go talk to someone. You know that they want to go ask someone for their number or whatever the hell people ask each other for these days. Um, been out of the game for a minute. Um, but they don't. And I think, why don't you just go over and just be like, hey, look, instead of just staying over there all night, I'm just wondering if there's any kind of like, like if you wanted to hang out, if you want to just talk, if you want to, if I can get you a drink. Um, because you're not, if they say no, you don't burst into flames, right? You're just not going to like explode. It's not like... What's the worst that could happen? Now, if you're, if you're climbing, I don't know, a mountain without a harness on, yeah, all right, you die, like, if you fall off. Like, so there is a worst-case scenario in that situation. But, like, most of the time, um, I just think, do more stuff. I would have tripled the amount of stuff because I just think back and I'm like, yo, I could have done, I had, like, this job building furniture. I could have been doing that in India. I could have been doing that in thailand i could have been like we went surfing every weekend at the jersey shore why don't we go surfing in bali like i just would have done more of that stuff and, and gone more places um so you're way past your 30 minute mark that you got want it. to do random questions all right um want to just rock out some random questions then well yeah i don't know which ones you want though you want, here i think this is a good one okay um, so we're trying to answer an experiment now. We're going to just pick random questions going to the end of the show to just kind of give people like, uh, cause a lot of people come in late cause they're, they're at like church or they're, or they're doing something in the morning and they can't get here. Um, so just to get, to give that opportunity. Uh, Debbie, uh, Bromer is asking, organizing my online and remote classes has been an administrative nightmare. So we get started off horribly. Uh, first two weeks, I'm going to need to organize my time online so that I'm not online 24-7 ideas. So she did say also on here, she said stick to office hours and daily school hours. I don't know how to get all this done and have a life with this attendance expectation for remote and online classes. Yeah. Which so it's like they, I literally feel like I could work all the time. Like there, it is never ever done. It's, it's not exactly like being first year again, but... Cause I know the content, but it just does like, we weren't one-to-one -one in school before this. Like, and now all of a sudden I have to like come up with online resources. I have to figure out Schoology and everything I have to do on Schoology or Zoom or, or PowerSchool. I feel like I have to watch a two to five minute video to figure out how the hell to do it. Cause nobody knows how to do it. And we weren't trained. Um, I would say how am I, how do I want to think of this? 
you come up with your 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 own answer, but I'm going to give you a piece of advice to go off of so that you can gauge what's happening. One, um, I think you have to think about what is actually important in your day, right? So school, of course, is important. What other things need to get done? And then think about, is there anything else in your life that you can kind of purge, that you can push out, that you don't, like, you know that, like, you know, Tuesday nights, you know, you do whatever with somebody else and it's really not that great, but like we go and we've been doing, we've been playing bridge with the Sim, with the Smiths for years. And it's like, is there anything in your life that you can purge that you cannot do? Because I think that we sometimes forget that like, you know, the, looking on your phone for 30 minutes is like time that you could have been spending doing something else. Like, and unless that's like, you're, you're consciously spending 30 minutes on your phone. Like, so sometimes to do work, um, I'm on Instagram, I'm looking stuff up, I'm commenting back to people, I'm DMing people back. So that's work, but I'm not, it's not happening to me. It's I'm, I'm doing it. I'm in the driver's seat. So that's one thing. The second thing is I really find that like giving myself, um, boundaries and saying, so I don't have a eighth period every day. So, uh, I'm done basically teaching at 2 PM. So I teach like three 80 minute blocks in a row which is a beast, but then I'm done at two. So I tell my wife, I'm going to be done school at four. I'm not working past four. And some days I did like some days I get to four and there was like a little bit more that I had to do. So I just like finished it up in 15 minutes, but that's been good too. And then I literally shut this down. I shut the lights off. I shut the computer off. Um, I opened the door. I changed my shirt. Um, cause I'm usually like sweating my ass off by the end of the day cause it gets so hot back here. Um, I go, like take a walk with my wife or do something else to shift the energy. I really believe so much that it is going to be what we put into ourselves this year that is going to carry us further. Because think about this, you could create the perfect lesson. It could be the greatest lesson ever. But if you are not feeling the best you can feel, that lesson is going to be not as good, right? So like if you have some band, let's go do this analogy again. <clears throat> you go see a band and it's your favorite band ever and they play your favorite song ever, but the guy's sick that night or, or the woman's hung over that night or whatever. It's just not the same. Like, it's like you, you just like took something that was great and it wasn't that, you just made it not that good. Or like you wrote the best song ever, but you gave someone like crappy headphones to hear it through. Like, it's like, it's just not doing it justice. I'd rather have a pretty good lesson an okay lesson and show up on fire, then have a great lesson and come in on like a six out of 10 or a five out of 10 or even a seven out of 10. Um, so for me, it's like, it's purging stuff, getting rid of crap that I don't have to do, being very intentional about my time. And then in that last two hours, everybody knows don't talk to dad because dad's doing work and I'm trying to get out of here by four o'clock. And then after that, just shutting it down and living life intentionally and being where my feet are. So if that's with my kids, with my dog, with my wife, with my friends, whatever, that's what I'm doing. Uh, what do you got to do? Uh, I think this is Okay. Scott Ordway is asking, many students are not turning in work since I'm guessing they don't have, uh, they don't think that distance learning as real. How do you not let that get you down? So Scott, I think the way to not let that get you down, this is a great question. Because I'm not sure when I go to the dentist that my dentist feels bad if I have a cavity. 
he wasn't like, I just didn't, I didn't convey the oral health well enough to this gentleman. And now he has to come in and get a cavity filled, right? I don't think when you go to the doctor and you have back pain, they're like, shit, man, I should have seen this coming. You have back pain and I really wish you didn't. And you know, it's like, like that, that doesn't happen. But for some reason, teachers see other, see students not doing the work, not engaging, not getting involved, not um, finding success. And we put it on ourselves. Like we did something wrong. And I'm not saying that teachers don't do something wrong. Sometimes classes are not engaging. They're not fun. They're not interesting. They're not uh, relevant. Um, teachers aren't bringing it, right? But if you think about are you real? Like this is a, this is a you having a conversation with yourself, because I know damn well that there have been times when I've come in on fire on eleven, man. We're going full spinal tap, and like we are doing something awesome. It's something no one's ever done before. It's a great idea. I had a speaker come in. We went on a trip. I've been on trips with kids to places that are unbelievable, and they were wildly unimpressed. I went to Costa Rica with a kid that just wanted to go home. He was just like, "This isn't that great." I don't care about monkeys. I'm not eating a coconut that you just climbed up in a tree and cut down. And now we're chopping the top of it off. It was like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like that zip lining wasn't so cool. It's like, all right, I don't know what your life is like. Do you, do you not like puppies also? I don't know. Um, but I think the other reason it bothers teachers and I'll talk about me. The one, sure. one of the reason it bothers me, um, is because I don't address the situation. So here's how I address the situation. Um, Hey, John, uh, what's going on, bro? You haven't handed in anything in like a whole week. And John goes, I don't know. I just didn't do it. All right. So John, so just, I want to be, I want to be straightforward with you, right? Real rap, real rap. This is what we're having right now. Um, to succeed this year, you need to do work to graduate from high school. You need to do to graduate from ninth grade literature. You need to do work. Now look, bro, you got two choices. You can do the work or you cannot do the work. But that's up to you. But you need to know that I don't do makeup work later. I don't care how sad or if you come in and you cry in my face and you know throw a temper tantrum. I'm not doing it. And I don't do any kind of extra credit to bring your grade up. And I don't do late work. So when you choose not to do something, like the train kept moving, we're not going backwards to get stuff back. Like we're not we're not doing that. Um, be mindful of that. The other thing you need to know is that I will do anything to help you out. I think that you're important. I think that your voice is important. I think that your life is important. I only ever want to help you find success, but I'm not going to beg for it, right? I'm not like, this isn't the eighth grade dance. So I'm not going to be here and be like, please, please, why don't you date me? Um, I'm not into that, but I'll tell you this. If you're not going to do work, I just can't, I just can't make you do work. I can lead a horse to water. I can't make it drink but I can try and make it thirsty. So I'm gonna keep making really great lessons. If you want to engage, awesome. If you don't, that's your decision. Like that's, let's, let's be real. But here's what you need to know too. This is the most, the other most important thing I could tell you. When you're ready, I'm here. When you're ready, show up. Cause I'll tell you what, Planet Fitness, which I always point at things, I don't know why Planet Fitness is over here. Um, I pay $10 a month for Planet Fitness. I haven't been in Planet Fitness in probably over a year right? Think Planet Fitness cares? Nope. But they still got my membership. I still, I'm still there. So you're still a member of, of the, the Reynolds clan, right? But like sh when you show up and you're ready, we're good. Then I call home. Hey, look, had a conversation with John today. He's not really feeling the class. This is what I would suggest going forward. Not interested in the past, not interested in just telling you all the stuff John didn't do. Here's what I want you to know, mom, dad, grandma, aunt, uh, guardian, um, is that I'm at school early every day. 
If John needs anything, I'm right here. I check my email twice a day at these times and he can email me. And as long as it's not past that time, because I'm not going to answer an email at 930 at night, I'm available. I'm also available these other times to support your student. This is what I need you to know. If you could have a conversation with him, that would be great. I need you to know that I'll do anything in my power to help him find success. It is only his success that I care about, that education is only ever about students, and that if I can help in any way, please reach out, right? I'm ready and waiting to help him whenever he needs it. Then I'm done with it. Then I never address John again. And if John's a problem in my class and he talks too much or he's distracting other people, I will move his seat or ask him to leave because you can't show up in my classroom and not want to learn. We are showing up here because it is an understanding, just like Mr. Miyagi told the Danielson that we're going to get down and do karate. Um, so that's, uh, and we're not doing karate in class. I mean, sometimes we do fake karate because it's funny as a warm up, but um, that's a whole other story. But that's literally the conversation that I have with students and parents. Um, and then I don't think of those kids when I'm planning lessons from now on. I think of the kids that want to get down, the kids that are struggling but are willing to put in the work. And I don't take somebody else's failure on my shoulders, especially when I know I'm doing everything I can and I'm showing up excited and loving. But guess what? Here's the bottom line. That kid, no kid just doesn't want to learn. No kid just doesn't want to have success or happiness or joy in their lives. Something has happened there. There is some story you are unaware of and you can try and still build relationships with that student. It's not like you're going to ignore them for the rest of their life. I'm just not going to try and engage you in the learning process anymore. But I do want to build relationships with you. I do want to find out because one, once you find out what someone's going through, it gives you, it gives it, there's a reason now, not an excuse, but a reason as to why a child is acting in any particular way. And then sometimes you can draw a line once you know where they are to a place of success and that it can be a way that you can engage children as well. So it's about still learning and knowing who those kids are, but that, that's it. Uh, what do you got? Uh, Ro I, think it's, I think it's Rosa. Raza? Rosa? R-O-Z-A? Um, I apologize if I said it wrong. Um, uh, hello, Reynolds. I absolutely love your videos. Thank you very much. I really, really appreciate that. Um, I introduced you to all my friends. I introduced you to all my friend teachers uh, and you helped us all out tremendously. That is really fantastic. And thank you very much for doing that. Uh, was wondering what your thoughts are on whole brain teaching. Um, I don't think I know what whole brain teaching is. Um, I'm going to Google it. I already did. Could someone tell me what whole brain teaching is? I feel like sometimes I know what they're talking, what folks are talking about, but I don't know like the term. Well, it's like when you talk to SPED teachers and they just use acronyms and initials all the time. You're like, bro, I don't even know. First developed in 1999, whole brain teaching promotes a high energy, hyper-focused method where teachers use game-like challenges, keywords, and motivational methods while listening continuous spoken responses from their students to keep them fully engaged every minute. First of all, so I would say this, that sounds like my boy, uh, John Meehan, who, what, what's his book called? Uh, John Meehan? Yeah. Oh, Meehan uh, from, um, Adrenaline Rush. Adrenaline Rush. If you don't have this book and you're into that kind of learning, you should absolutely go get it. Ed Drennel and Rush, it's on Amazon. Um, he's or, a really interesting dude. Or the other person that uh, he does YouTube videos is... Um, oh, Matera? Matera. Yeah, Michael Matera. Also, if you go to Michael Matera on YouTube, he does YouTube videos and he's all about gamification. Um, I, I like that idea when it fits. I don't know that everyone has the personality to do that. So 
when, whenever I think of like these ideas in education, um, I really am, I, I really implore educators to figure out who they are and what works best for them. Like for me, using humor in the classroom, I do it all the time, but it comes natural to me. It's something that I'm good at. Um, that I'm not like, uh, like, but if you've ever seen a teacher like try to be funny, but they're not really, but they're trying to like get down with kids, it's like, it's like awkward to watch. Um, but in similarly, I am not particularly strict, right? Like I, like I'm strict, but like, um, I don't like, uh, I don't show up in the class and I'm not like acting like a drill sergeant. It's like, there's a reason that I never entered the military, right? It's uh, Mitch Hedberg used to say he didn't enter the, the army because at ease never looked that at ease to him. And I always really liked that. So it's just, it doesn't fit me all the time. We do use games in class and I really think that that's a fun idea, but, um, I think it's what if it's suitable to you. So gamifying stuff is if it's suitable to you, then doing it. Because um, even though, the, look, there's ways that students will learn and benefit. Like maybe some kids love that stuff. It is the greatest to them. Um, but other students in your class might not. And so it's it's about trying to figure out ways to, to use that and like sprinkle the magic in there as well. So uh, I do think it's a good idea though. What do you got? Either one of these. Okay, uh, we'll do both. Derek Johnson is asking, how do you deal with kids that play sports and now, and is now demotivated because the season is canceled? Um, Derek, I think everything in your life has to be, has to have a why attached to it. Um, that when you know why you're doing any particular thing, you're far more apt to do it, right? So um, trying to help kids find a new why as to, as to the, the reason that they are, are doing work. Um, and that's going to be based on the kid and based on their family and based on their, what they want in the future. Like if you play sports, do you want to go to college and play that sport? Like you can't go to college if your grades suck. Do you want to go to a good school and play sports when you're going to need even better grades? So it's about trying to help them figure that out so that, um, grades and learning in school actually mean something. Um, what was the other one, dude? Kaylee. Kaylee is asking, one of my students sits in class, not reading, not doing his tasks. I talked to him but nothing changed ever since. How do you talk to students who believe, who behave like this? I think, Kay, like, there is, I think sometimes just talking to kids and not about school is the way in. That's the foot in the door moment, right? So like, um, in my book, I talk about this student that uh, used to do nothing and he used to just sit there with his head down. But it turns out that he had gone through like this really traumatic event uh, the summer previous and he had lost his best friend to, to gun violence. And when we find these things out, it, it, it immediately changes our outrage that a child won't do work and it immediately puts like, like, an, like an aha moment in there, right? Where you get what's happening there. Um, and look, even if you don't teach in like a difficult school, right? So like you might, you might teach at a school that is super rich that's beautiful that like a friend of mine just got a school somewhere around philly she used to teach with me and this place looks like freaking hogwarts i mean it is one of the most beautiful schools i've ever seen in my life but kids are kids right like like growing up rich and growing up poor i'm, I'm not going to sit here and try and like equate the two but like your problems are your problems right like when you feel like you know like everything's sort of subjective yeah like but like there are moments when i feel like my life is 
really in the dumps. Like I'm having a really hard time or like there's like a depressive episode or I'm really sad about something or I just feel like I can't win. And I know there's kids eating out of trash bins in Africa. Like when we were in Zambia, there were like these, these, this, the dump was in the middle of the, on the edge of town and kids were like just rummaging through, like looking for things to eat or that they could sell or, or whatever. I know that exists. It doesn't make my hurt any less though, right? Like I'm not able to rationalize that and neither are students. So it's about helping kids, I think, know that they're worth it. And how do we show people that they're worth it? We just show up. We show up and we don't have to have the right advice. We don't have to have the right thing to say. All we have to do is show up and really listen, ask questions and get the student talking about stuff. Because as Mr. Rogers always says, what is mentionable is manageable. And so if there are students that are not doing anything, there's a reason they're not doing anything or they don't have a reason to do it, right? The why isn't there for them. The ROI on the investment is not there for them. So, um, or someone's told them that they're a piece of crap, that they're not worth it, that they'll never be anything, that they've not had found success in school. One of the reasons I didn't have success in school is because I think I had a number of learning differences that were never diagnosed. And so school did not compute to me. It was like, I, I just could not get, like I would read the paragraph or read the word problem. And I'm like, bro, I've read this shit like six times. I don't even know what they're asking me. So how can I do the work? And when you have a kid like that, that's gone through that again and again and again and again, but you look at their life, right? So like, let's say mom and dad are in love and they're together and they live in a happy family and they have a great dog and they go on vacations every year and they, and they have new and fresh clothing every day and they're never hungry. Like, you might look at someone from afar and go, what do they have to complain about, right? Like, it's like looking at a Kardashian and going like, what the hell's your problem, bro? Like, you guys have money out the ass and you're connected to everyone and you can do anything you want, but you don't know what's in that person's heart or in their mind. And so it's about helping kids to unpack what they're feeling, what they're thinking, what they're going through, allowing them to talk about that and that can be really freeing. And then when you learn that story, that's it's easier to help a child draw a map and to figure out why school is important. Because why the hell do I do algebra right now or write a narrative essay um, when I'm really hurting inside? And sometimes kids don't even know what that hurt is. I know that growing up, I was angry as hell. And not until I was older did I realize it's because my dad died when I was four. I didn't know what to do with that anger. I didn't know, I didn't have any place to, to, to get it out, to, to exercise that. Um, and then I, it, and I didn't even equate that and like playing drums in like rock bands. I'm like going like hard F was so liberating, felt so great to me, but I had no idea that I was sort of like, that was the way for me to get that out. That's why I loved doing that. Um, and so helping students to figure out what's going on with them, how they can handle that. And then um, your job sometimes, especially if you don't feel like you have any advice because you, you, you can't connect with your students on that level, is to just listen. Because your advice is never as important as your attention is. Um, that's it. We good? Uh, no. We got one more? Poor woman has asked her question like three times. Oh, okay. Please answer it. Uh, which kind of speaks to the last one. Idona. I think I say that. Adona, Adona. I think I'm saying that right. Um, it's saying, how do you respond to students when they ask, where are we? Wait, I'm sorry. I'm, I keep reading at the bottom. Oh. How do you respond to students when they 
ask, where are we going to use this subject? Like I teach French and they always say that, and I'm kind of fed up with, fed up, but sometimes I say, you never know where life goes. I think this. So she also said, uh, this is a great just question. basically, how do I get teenagers excited for my class? I'm teaching French and it's my second year. I love this question. At our school, you have to take four years of Latin. Nobody <laughs> wants to take Latin. <laughs> It's a dead language, except for the people that teach Latin and it's they not go. A it's a dead language. Well, it's they, like the the base language to. It's a language. <laughs> Wife. <laughs> okay, keep it's going. not going to win anybody. Uh, so look, that you're answer right. you're isn't right. going to win it's, anything. To the people that love Latin, like if there's a Latin teacher, they're going to be like, "It's not a dead language. <laughs> it's the root of all things that are amazing." Um, I think part of it is, is this. One, I mean, look, French sounds amazing. I have uh, a lot of neighbors and um, I just uh, was saying the other day, like my neighbors were outside and um, they speak so aggressively to one another. And I'm like, what if we just had French or Italian neighbors? Like it would just sound so beautiful. Like they could be telling themselves each other to go kiss each other's asses or get out of here or I hate you and I don't wanna to talk to you for the rest of my life but still just sound beautiful. Um, so I think there's that, but I think this, the, the idea of learning how to learn is more important than what we learn a lot of the times. And that has to, that is a skill, that is a muscle that needs to be exercised constantly. So it's not always what you're learning, it's how are you learning it? So maybe looking at that piece as well to your class. Um, there's a really great book, Tim Ferriss's, uh, the four hour chef breaks this down and it talks about like how he learns languages, how he learns all kinds of stuff. That, and, and I think that that could be something, a really good resource to, to look into, um, or his podcast and just look for like, um, something with him or something with, uh, Josh, I'm going to forget Josh's last name. He is, um, the guy that the movie Searching Bobby Fish, Searching for Bobby Fisher is based on. Um, they talk a lot about learning. And, and here's how I break this down. When students don't know why they have to like, why do I have to learn to do something in my class? Um, I tell them this. So like every year we have to learn uh, declamations, right? It is like a section of Shakespeare that the school decides that like the students have to be able to memorize this, right? So every year it's like a section from Merchant of Venice. Um, to bait fish with all. If we'll feed nothing else, I'll feed my revenge. He disgraced me and hindered me half a million. Laughed at my losses, mocked my gains. Um, and, and so the kids are like, dude, when in the hell am I ever going to use this in my life? And this is what I tell them. Any exercise that I can think of, right? Maybe I'm wrong. But any exercise you do does not look like the thing it will strengthen. When you go to hot yoga, you just look like a crazy person. I'm never gonna get up off the floor doing a, doing a, you know, uh, I forget what the hell it's even called. Not the downward dog, the other jaw and we have to like put your head up in the air. Um, I'm never gonna, I'm never going to, um, how many times in my life am I actually gonna run from something? But I run all the time. How many times in my life am I gonna get up off the floor using a push-up motion? Bro, if you get up off the floor like that, there's something wrong with your life. What am I ever going to do a pull-up unless I fall off of a cliff, right? Which I'm not likely to do because I don't live near any cliffs, nor do, if I get close to one, do I get to the edge of it, right? Um, there's any number of things like sit-ups that 
the, where it is strengthening you, right? The, what you're getting out of it does not look like the practice that it actually is. So learning French isn't so much just about learning French. It's about learning. It's about expanding your mind. It's about connecting French to any number of other things, to culture, to all kinds of stuff. Um, and so I think that it is, it is teaching kids to look at it a different way. And if I had known that growing up, I might have looked at algebra differently. I don't, to my knowledge, I've never used algebra since my first year of college because I hated math. I got all my math credits done in the first year so that I never had to take math again. Um, but if someone had broken down to me that like, sci like math is amazing. Like math is like when they do equations to figure out like, th like things that, that are like that you can't have conversations with in words, but you can prove things mathematically. I just think that that's remarkable. If I knew that it was actually like strengthening parts of my brain, creating critical thinking patterns. Um, and, and that, that would have changed things for me, I, I think. And, but all I saw was I have to do this so I can get this grade so I can go to the next grade. Uh, and I can, I can, you know, go to college or, or graduate or whatever. Um, it's never enough. It's never enough. It's about learning how to learn is the most important thing. Um, because if our kids know how to learn, then they can just scratch everything in college and or in high school. And then, but one day when they realize that learning is actually important, they will have the skills to be able to do it. Um, and I did not. I know in high school, I never learned how I learn. And so when I got to college, I had to go to tutoring every day. After every class, went to the tutoring center and had to sit down with someone and be like, Here's what we did. I have zero idea how to understand this. I need you to break it down for me. Um, and that's that's what I did. So that's that's maybe how I would do that also. And then maybe build in some fun stuff in there too, like for French. Like, uh, I don't know what you do already, but like whether it's French cuisine or like weird French facts or, or like gamifying some of those things could be a fun way to kind of like get kids engaged as well. Um, but that's how I explain it. We good? Cool. All right, we're, we're over an hour uh, and the Eagles game's on. So I want to go watch it and I want to, the rest of my Sunday is just chilling until like an hour or so I'll spend uh, after Eagles game planning for that stuff. Um, yeah, I have a new book this week too I want to tell everyone about, but I don't know where it went. All right, so anyway, if you, if you didn't leave yet, here's what we're doing. On Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, if you're a part of the Real Rap with Reynolds Facebook group, which is just Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk on Facebook, all you have to do is go in there. I'm going to drop a link. We're going to do a Zoom call. Um with the first hundred people that show up to the Zoom call. It's gonna be a happy hour uh, with Reynolds, I guess. Uh, and if you don't drink, you can just show up and be happy for an hour. We're gonna do two 30-minute sessions. We're gonna do breakout rooms, so maybe I get to meet some people that I never met before, uh, or maybe you get to meet some folks that you're like, oh yeah, so that's what, you know, if Edie's on there, that's what Edie looks like. That's what Tracy Pinter looks like. That's what, you know, um, I don't, I'm trying to think of other people. That's what Summer Tate looks like. Uh, so that could be really fun. We're doing that on Sun, on Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time um, for about an hour or so. We're going we're gonna to do it. Cool? We done? That's it, everybody. I hope you have a great week. Peace.